Welcome to the IMO podcast. Honest and open conversations with care leavers. Hey, it's Chris with the IMO podcast and today I'm in London with Stephen. Stephen, you've come down from Sheffield to talk to us. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's quite warm outside, isn't it? Glorious sunny day in London and you're on your way to a garden party. Yep, I'm, uh, it's at four o'clock. Not quite sure what to expect, but uh, weather's decent, isn't it? So... Yes, perfect weather for the Queen's Garden Party. My invitation was lost in the post, but I'm glad someone gets to go. Now, you are a friend of IMO because, interestingly, you have care experience and you are training to be a social worker. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So how long has your training been going on for? Um, So I'm doing a master's course and it's two years and so I finish in July. So I'm on my final placement at the moment. Uh, We looked after children's team. How many placements do you do? So you do 200 day ones. So two separate uh, placements of 100 days. Yeah, it's got to be 100 days, yeah. And where was your first one? First one was at uh, Barnsley um, Child Protection Team, which was uh, interesting. You got to see all the front door kind of stuff and court work. And then this one obviously has looked after children's and Rotherham. So you're seeing a different side. What is the difference? Child protection's obviously, it's like the, like the safeguarding stuff before. Um, but you do court work as well, so and then you do obviously if it escalates, then you'll issue care proceedings. Obviously, children are coming to care, so the bit that I'm doing now is when the children have been removed and are on care orders, and then your job is to make sure they're able to achieve and live a, a safe life in foster placements or wherever they are. So, slightly longer term work, yes, yeah, so it's to... longer term, so you get longer relationships and you're able to. You know, do a lot more, I think. Whereas, obviously, sin and child protection, you've got your 45 day kind of stuff, haven't you? Unless you're doing long term child protection stuff. And have you found a preference between which kind of work you enjoy? Um, so, before this placement, I was initially dead set on child protection and there were no budging on that. But I think with this one, it has opened my eyes to a lot more stuff. I thought, I thought in my head it would be a bit too close to home, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought, would I, would I find it interesting or. You know, cause I didn't want my own experience to cloud my thought around it, but obviously the staff that I'm working with are very good and they've shown me that you do you do all sorts. It's not just, you know, visits, you do behind-the-scenes stuff, education, because obviously education's a big part of what, I, what I'm passionate about. So, yeah, it's been, it's been really good, yeah. You wanted to be a teacher originally, is that right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. And so what happened to change your mind for you to reach social work? I was dead set, dead set on teaching, 100% wanted to do it for years. Um, then I think it was my second year of uni, we did, we did this module about, I think it was called social justice or something like that. Um, and I picked care leavers and higher education and obviously researched more in, into that and then realised that, you know, I've got skills in that area, I've got experience in there and I thought, why not? Why not be the social worker that you want to be, so... You said you were worried it might be uh, a bit too close to home. Yeah. Can you tell me a bit more what what you mean by that? Um, so obviously, like your really care days are not the, you know, it's different for everyone. But I felt it weren't the best because you obviously you still want to go home, don't you? So I didn't want, I didn't know, want know whether I'd have like flashbacks or but obviously I didn't, and it, I found it quite refreshing because you can use your own experience to understand how obviously you need different people, but it's, you can understand how different children are feeling and obviously help they make the process more easier for them. Has training to be a social worker in any way changed your opinion on the care you received or the decisions made about you when you were in care? Um, it, yeah, so it's given me a be- like a better understanding because I requested my files um, at the start of this course and prior I wouldn't have had a clue about 
what, section 31, section 47, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it has helped me understand my own past. Um, and then it's also helped me, like, appreciate more my time. Because I only ever had one foster placement, whereas some of the kids that I'm working with have had 20, 30, mm -hmm. etc. And I think that's why I'm dead set on working well with foster carers as well and maintaining that placement. Because mm -hmm. stability, obviously, the outcomes, if you've got more stability, your outcome's going to be better. And that's obviously outcomes for children care aren't that good at the moment. If uh, if there are young people listening to this and they're considering reading their files, is there anything you think they should bear in mind? I'd say have some kind of su someone to support you while you're reading them, and and um, maybe not read them all at once because it might be too hard to because some I had boxes full of files mm. stuff that I didn't know about about my family and what have you. Right. So it does, you know, it makes you realise like all these all these secrets etc that have been kept from you but i'd say do it when you're ready rather than you know cause some people just do it when they're 18 i'd say do it when you're emotionally ready to do it because otherwise it can have a big impact on them do you think it's changed how you write about young people when you're writing their case notes having, yeah having read so reading my own um there was you know did spelt my name wrong or and obviously steven's not an hard name to spell um so they spell it wrong or they give me a different name or spell my family's names wrong etc stuff like that or they'd used complicated language. And I think if I'm studying it and I don't understand what this word is, what about the person that's, let's say it was a different child, how would they understand it? So when I do my case notes, it's all in simple language so that anyone can read it and understand. And I try and put a lot of detail in, especially around contacts and all that kind of stuff, because like I'd read my own files and it'd say like, mum turned up at contact, not not giving me detail about what, what the event were. Um, so I do, I'll put all the little things in like what they eat, what, you know, what they're wearing, etc. just in case you never know, they might not have contact with the family after that. So it's about giving that personal touch to them, then they'll appreciate it more. So and it helps them understand themselves. Do you think it is going to be more emotionally challenging for people who have had care experience to become social workers? Yeah, I'd say so. Because it is, you are relating to a lot to it. You know, it might bring back a lot of unhappy times or happy times etc because cause the, the only bit of social work I found difficult is um, contacts so I didn't like it I feel it's a bit too artificial like the, the places you'll be it'll be rooms with toys that are not fit for purpose and you're basically that's their hour and you're, I felt that you're intruding on that so I do think you have to be you have to be ready in yourself first before you consider this career choice yeah mm. I read it's something you've written about your experiences of training to be a social worker mm. uh, and you wrote that you are more aware about the pressures social workers put on families can you tell me a bit more about that what i've noticed about social work you give people 45 days to make change how can you make change if that's what you've been doing for 10 years you can't i think the time frames are unrealistic and i think the plans are sometimes unrealistic you need to get your families involved with your targets your plans all that kind of stuff and then that, work direct with them rather than work against them and that's that that's one thing that it does put me off a little bit about social work but that's why i always say i'm going to use my own experience mm. around that and know that the targets are the plans that are set with people are with them directly mm. so then they can achieve it and then you know they can achieve outcomes that you want from them how much in your training have you found the voices of children and families to be present so I think we've uh, looked after children, it's flowing through your work. But I have found a lot of assessments I've not seen 
the voice of the child in there. It's more the professional opinion, which I think that needs to change. Was it always in your mind to go to university? No. <laughs> like, so I'm thinking that of dinner, like, 10 years ago, would I be doing social work? Absolutely not. Would I be at uni? No. Because, I, I, you know, you know, social workers didn't give me that idea that uni were possible. So I think it was my foster carers that they, they, they gave me the options. They said, uni, job, or apprenticeship. Because mm. they didn't want me to just do nothing. Yeah. Um, and I think, because my sister went to uni... She's a bit older than me now. That gave me like a, oh, yeah, I can go do it. And I think because Hallam, Hallam were really good at, they'll, they'll give you tours prior to even applying. You have designated, looks after children's workers. And they were really good. They told me what I could get, what support I could get. So, so they basically filled the role of a social worker while I was at uni. And I think, let's say they hadn't helped me through my three years. Right. I probably wouldn't have completed it. So is there a lack of aspiration on behalf of young people in care by the people that care Yeah. For yeah, I'd say so. I think there needs to be more training, especially around... Because a lot of foster carers don't know what's on offer regarding uni or post-18. Yeah. But I don't think it's their fault. I don't think the council have told them or taught them about because they might not have gone to uni themselves. Yeah. So how are they supposed to know about what's on offer for the young people they're working with? I remember in my social work days, there was just... once if When we were working with care leavers... We'd say, right, you know, we'll pay, we'll pay for you until you're 18, and then you've got to apply for benefits. There was no talk of employment or university or other things. We were limiting them. We were imposing those those boundaries. I felt. Yeah, I still, I still think there's a a lack of aspirations given to the young people. Like the other day, I saw it worked in the council that I'm with, that I'm on placement with. I saw they had this billboard of jobs for the care leavers, and it was like KFC. So I'm not, I'm not saying there's no wrong with that, mm. but why weren't they stuff like uni or... Prime Minister. Uh, you know, stuff like, you know, it's not... Un, you wouldn't put that up in a, in a school, would you, and say to the sixth form people saying, yeah, that it's all about uni, isn't it? It's uni, apprenticeships, nothing about KFC and stuff like that, so why why is that in place for care leavers? Yeah. Even it's sub- just little stuff like that, like symbolic stuff, yeah. Yeah, even subconsciously, someone's going to pick up on that message. And go, think, that's oh, that's all... all I can do. Yeah. It's like bare minimum wage. Yeah. So, well, why can't we aspire to do more than that? Has it made you, in terms of your social work training, reflect on any positive experiences of being in care for you? Yeah, so I, I do like reflect on care and think that, let's say I'd still remained at home with my mum, wouldn't have gone to uni, would, heaven forbid what I'd be doing, probably be selling drugs or whatever. Um, so I think it gave me that st- stable life, because obviously my mum was very chaotic, they were drugs, DV, all that kind of stuff. So I think care has given me cause a lot of opportunities that I wouldn't have, especially educational, because they have your virtual school that come in and they make sure, because mm. I, I was quite a bit behind. It's obviously being a chaotic life, we weren't going to school that much. Mm. And they, they put all procedures in place to make sure that I could achieve. Yeah, obviously without that, I wouldn't have gone to sixth form and uni and my master's and all that kind of stuff. When we're thinking about what works in general right. for looked-after kids, what works? I'd say getting them involved in their decisions. Invite them to every meeting. That obviously, if it's a contrasting meeting, maybe not. But I think be open and honest with them. No no promises, because that's my number one pet here, is promising kids stuff that you can't achieve, because then your trust is gone. Get them involved in all the work around them, because it is their life, but be in partnership with them, not against them, yeah. I used to find it very difficult to to talk to young people around when it when it wasn't the young person or the child that needed to change it was their parents B 
being really open and honest with the, with those kids and saying realistically the likelihood of your mum or dad yeah. changing in a way that is going to make it safe for you to be home yeah. is is hard. That's a hard conversation because you want to be positive and you want you you don't want to shatter anyone's dreams, right? Yeah. So I'd, I think that obviously my own experience, I thought my mum was there was nothing wrong with her. It was all all happy days kind of thing. But I think it was about 14, 15 when I, I realised, yeah, stuff in as good. Because that were holding me back and I weren't investing as much as what I should have done in my placement. And that were, I think that was a social worker actually that spoke to me about like what my mum were up to and everything. Mm. So I think you do need to have them conversations. It'll be difficult to have. Mm. But I think once you met that child aware of that your, your parents or whatever are doing all these things, mm. then it can help them move on and, you know, because that's a bit of baggage that you're holding, isn't it? And mm. that's, you know, you're not going to invest in education or your placement as much. I do think you do need to have them conversations. Yeah, because you still, even if you're even if you're taking a child away from a, a, an abusive situation, there's still an, a bond there. There's an attachment bond yeah. and that still gets broken and that can cause trauma. Do you see yourself in any of the kids you work with? Like parts... Yeah, obviously every kid's different, but I'd say sure, parts. Yeah. yeah, like the the loyalty to the parents. I'd say, uh-huh. like a lot of them, I see that they're wanting to do better than what the system's got planned for them. Kind of thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, like they're wanting to be lawyers and social workers. I like that. They wanting to do social work, but um, yeah, I, I see parts of myself in most of them. Yeah. Do you tell them that you've got experience of care? A few. So if you obviously I don't my view on that is I don't want to tech that it's their moment, isn't it? Obviously, if they ask me about my life etc., I'll you know I'll tell them because I feel feel sometimes you giving a bit of yourself allows them to give to you as well. So on a few occasions I have, um, you know, when they're asking me like, "What do you know?" all that kind of stuff, and it's like, "Well, I have been there, you know, and this is why I'm wanting to do this to make sure that the system's better for people like us." Yeah. What's their response to that? Well, a lot of them are quite shocked, aren't they? Uh-huh. <laughs> because they, they don't expect they, they've got this idea that social workers aren't real people and they're just there to take kids, etc. Um, but yeah, yeah, a lot of them are quite shocked about that. Yeah, yeah, and the irony is, social work really is the groundwork of social work is about trying to keep families together. Yeah, that's what time. that's what it should all be about. Yeah, yeah for as long as it's safe mm. and, and and possible. Yeah. In terms of your social work training, what's been good? What's been less good? What could be improved? Um, so I'd say the good stuff's obviously been my placement, where you get on the job, hands-on experience with your families and your young people, and you get to learn what I've what I found interesting learning from other social workers, how they take approaches, etc. And I'd say the not so good stuff is I haven't found the the academic side to be much. Obviously, it's important to know about attachment theory, all that kind of stuff, but I think it's too focused on academic literature etc where in my own opinion I don't think just because you're academic does that mean you're, you're going to be a better social worker than someone that's going to be people so I'd say what needs to be improved is I think they need to bring more service users to try and shape the curriculum of how social work's taught like what they expect from the social workers what they'd want etc what they want you to learn about and I think once we get that in place then the training will be good I've worked with people who just don't know how to speak to young people. Yeah, you do find... And there's social workers where you think, oh, have you done 20 years? <laughs> you, can't, <laughs> you, can't, you can't even speak to staff. So, yeah, I think 
yeah, it's to talking to people that people need to work out about your tone and building rapport with you, you know, people that are understandably, you know, they're quite <coughs> quite aggressive towards you, but you are invading the, you know, the the life, aren't you? Yes, it's a very intrusive action, and it's a double-edged sword because yeah. there's 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 protection, but yeah. there is also invasion. Yeah, I have found uh, invasion to be quite, you know, when you're like checking cupboards and. Checking bedrooms and bed sheets. I'm thinking, God, I can't imagine someone doing this to me. Obviously, it would have happened when I was younger, but I'm thinking now I'd be, you know, effing and jeffing and all sorts, wouldn't you? You'd be kicking them out. Yeah. And are you clear in your mind why you're doing it? Yeah, no, I explain. So I explain exactly what I'm doing. So then there's no room for interpretation about that. Because mm. a lot of families, where you, if, you, if you say to them, this is what I'm doing, this is why etc then you understand there's no you just walk into cupboards and helping yourself kind of thing and that's when you get that you know understanding because mm. i found a lot of families they'll get to care proceedings they don't they don't know why because no one's explained to them right so it's about being open and honest initially straight from the door saying what you want say what you expect from them what they expect from you and building on that so Stephen, tell me what's next so i've, I've just secured my first uh social work job congratulations um in um so initially, obviously, I wanted child protection, social work, but this is in um, looked after children's. So it's obviously spanning my works and twisted what I want to do. But I'm uh, I've accepted the job, and hopefully, be starting that uh, I think July time. So I plan on doing that for as long as I can. But I want to do a PhD alongside, and hopefully, go into some type of lecturing or teaching social workers out about interaction with clients and yeah. how to build rapport that kind of stuff i think that's important oh i'd have loved someone like you to come and talk to me when i was training as a social worker it would have made all the difference i think well i think we need to because when we've had at uni when we've had like professionals coming you're not really too you know you're not too asked about them are you you're thinking these aren't the ones we'll be dealing with but then when you when service users come in you're interested in about what's their experience about social work what works what doesn't yeah. i think that's more valuable yeah it's one of the reasons we're doing this podcast is to is, okay. is for for kids voices to be heard and to, to give hope to any kids that are in yeah. care but also we hope professionals might listen to this yeah. i think professionals would find what you've told us today uh, absolutely invaluable Stephen, it's been a real pleasure to have you and it's been a real privilege to hear your experiences. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. And we're so excited to see what you do next and we wish you all the best. Yeah, thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening. For more stories, experiences and advice from others in care, visit imohub.org.uk. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at imo underscore latest. <laughs>